the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friend, if you're a Christian and you do not believe that you need the body of Christ, that you can somehow pull it off on your own, that you can operate independently of it, and you are not willing to commit yourself to the body of Christ, that Christ established by His death and resurrection, then I will be very frank with you. You are not a Christian. You have not yet been born of the Spirit and the Word. You have not yet entered the body of Christ. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is entitled The Bodybuilders. That's The Bodybuilders, and we do hope that you enjoy it. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us anytime during the broadcast. That telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxenteco. Jesus Christ came to this earth with the ultimate immigrant's dream. He came to this earth to affect it forever and to change it, to merge the culture of heaven, the society of heaven, the society of earth, and to create something here on earth that mirrors how it is in heaven. Christ came here to build up a body of believers that is strong in Him, that holds together, that is better than the best associations in the world with a passion and a purpose lent from God for the good of others that will show that heaven can be here. Christ, friend, is the bodybuilder for God. He is in the business of building up the body for God, His body, the church. Now, there are many people today who only come to church, and I'm going to be very frank here, so that they can get what they want out of the church. Am I right? I mean, we live in a consumer culture. What does the church offer me? I will come to church to get what I want from the church. And so if the church does not benefit them in ways that they feel it will, they'll go to another church that will benefit them. They seek from the church what they can get out of the church, and that is all the church is for them. Unlike Arnold, they do not have a 100% commitment to the dream of bodybuilding for God. And if you don't give 100% to the dream, you ask Arnold, you never achieve your goals and you never make a lasting difference doing what? Building up the body of Christ. It's not in the plan of God for a believer to remain a weak believer in the plan of God. God calls every one of us in Jesus to have faith that grows us in the body for the good of the body and for the strength of the body and for the personal strength and development of the individual as well. Friend, if you're a Christian and you do not believe that you need the body of Christ, that you can somehow pull it off on your own, that you can operate independently of it, and you are not willing to commit yourself to the body of Christ, that Christ established by His death and resurrection, then I will be very frank with you. You are not a Christian. You have not yet been born of the Spirit and the Word. You have not yet entered the body of Christ. Just as a person moving through time 
on a selfish road. All they do is talk about themselves. If the church is all about you and not what you can do to build up the body, you have not yet fully come to Christ. Dear heart, Jesus is the body builder, and those who belong to him are body builders too. Take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's look at verse 12 and move down to verse 14. Christ says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into how many bodies? What does it say? One body. I mean, there aren't two bodies of Christ. There's only one. He goes on to say, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. In verse 12, Paul is utterly clear that the body of Christ is one. There's no such thing, as I said, as two bodies of Christ in this world. Jesus only has one body, but his body, that is one, is made up of many members. And you are a member of that body here. Thus the many are one. But if the many are not one, then they are not the body of Christ, because the body is one. Paul is here echoing Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. Perhaps the disciples shared it with him. Just before Christ died, he prayed a prayer that would create the body of Christ. Look at John 17, verse 20. He said this, I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be what? What does he say? One. Even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Friend, Jesus is saying that no one believes in him unless they see the unity of God in the church, and they see that unity and they recognize God in the church. The church in and of itself does not have the ability to transform a single human being. The love of God that is one in unity inside of Jesus and the Father, friend, must also be seen in the body of Christ in our church. That is why there's only one body, and that is why there can only be one body of Christ. When the church is one as they are one, then the Shekinah glory of God that rests between the cherubim of the most holy place of the Ark of the Covenant, the very throne of God, the Shekinah glory of God that emanates from God's presence, emanates from the church because the radiance of God is in the church that is one. Verse 22 Christ says, the glory which thou hast given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. Now Christ is pretty clear here. The church doesn't shine because the church has talent. The church doesn't shine because every detail in the church's worship is perfect. You know, I've heard people say, well, Pastor Mike, you know, that piece of the worship service was off there and there and my needs aren't being met. That's foolishness. If you come to the church and something's off, and you're focusing on that, the reason your needs aren't being met is because you have not fallen on the rock to give your life to Christ. It's all about you and not about what the Lord can do in spite of the imperfections in the church. We need a generation of young people and adults too who rise up and love the body of Christ more than what they can get out of it. The church doesn't shine because every detail in the church's worship service is perfect. The church doesn't shine because there's a superstar preacher or not in the pulpit or whether or not he has a cold or not. Friends, the church shines because the living Christ is manifested in the body of the church. The church shines because Jesus Christ takes the glory that God gave him before the foundation of the world and Christ gives his glory to the church because grace is in the church. So what does that mean? 
It means that the church that is the body of Christ looks like Christ because it is His body and it shines with His character in it. The church has glory only because it reflects His glory. I recently received a group email statement from a well-meaning pastor in our denomination who was boasting that conservative churches are the growing churches in North America and they're the only good churches in North America. And all he could talk about in that email was how important conservative churches are. Now, friend, in many ways, I'm conservative. I believe in the Bible. I don't second-guess it. I don't go with scholarship that denigrates the inspiration of the Word of God. I believe in the authority of the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy in our midst. And I believe in our prophetic message with all my heart. I've spent much of my life writing and preparing to help the next stage in this thing because we are a prophetic people. But I know as sure as I'm sitting here, this brother got it wrong. All he could talk about was how important conservative churches are. He got it all wrong in this letter. You see, God blesses Christ-centered churches that emanate His glory, that are enamored with His Word, that love Jesus Christ. And there's wiggle room for people on each side of the center who come to God in Christ, aren't there? There's character differences. There's personal differences. You may be a little to the left, a little to the right. The church should be a big enough place for you. I mean, we're not going to go off on any crazy extreme if we're in Christ. But there are times when Christ was liberal with others and conservative with Himself and times when He was not. It depended on the situation. And the Holy Spirit guided and directed His life. That's what we want here, isn't it? So God blesses Christ-centered churches that emanate with His glory. The glory that comes from God who is one in love and purpose and power is the glory that makes the church grow and alive. The kind of unity Jesus is talking about in the body of Christ is not a unity of opinion, but a unity that is relational and moral. It's based on the covenant of God given to us through Christ. It is a family unity in which the genetic stuff of God is shared in the church and the growth of the church with all of its diversity is a growth that is built by God. Verse 23, Jesus says, I in them and thou in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them even as thou hast loved me. The seed that we share as believers, friends, in the church is the word of God. And the Holy Spirit that we need so much comes through the Word of God in the worship of the church. I mean, there's been much discussion in recent years about what is meaningful worship. And people go to these experts to see what postmodernism is about. Or they'll go to see what young people like or don't like or whatever. You know what young people need? And what we need too as older adults. We need God's Word. We need the Bible unsheathed to be the seed of God to help us be born anew. Both Luke 8.11 and 1 Peter 1.23 affirm the fact that the holy seed of God is the living and abiding Word of God. We have Bible-deficient pulpits in this land and people who will be lost without the Word of God. And I'll tell you right now, I will not surrender the Word of God in this pulpit for popular fads. God's Word must be central. Look at Luke 8.11. Jesus said, now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. You want a growth in your life? You've got to have the seed, the Word of God. Now look at 1 Peter 1, 23. You have been born anew, now born again like in John 3, not of perishable seed but of imperishable. In other words, seed that can't die. Stuff that grows and grows and doesn't stop growing. What is it? Through the living and abiding Word of God. So the Word of God has got to be a real focus in the church. You cannot have worship in God's pattern of things without getting the seed, the Word of God, in your worship experience. 
Peter says it is the Word of God that causes us to be born again. John says it is God's seed that keeps us from sinning against God. We need the Word of God in the church to be the church of God that is born again of God. 1 John 3, 9, ancillary to this, whoever has been born of God does not sin. The Greek is does not keep on sinning. It's a present active indicative verb. means an ongoing action. Yeah, they may mess up. And he says, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. But he's saying here in the original language, the trend of the life is not to rebel against God, but to be obedient. Why? For his seed remains in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Now the seed is the word. So if the Word of God abides in you, you have a consistent life with God. So what does the devil do at the end of time? He wants to take your worship experience and make it into a something other than something which feeds you from the holy seed of the Word of God which will allow you to abide with God. His deceptions are very much shaped to the interests and desires of people who don't even know what they need. Paul affirms that God's seed is the word that bears fruit for righteousness in the church. Unless the word of God is impacting us, we bear nothing in the end for God. Now look at 2 Corinthians 9 verse 9. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your what? Resources. Now communism says there's only so many resources out there. It's an atheistic view of economics. And you cannot create resources in the communist worldview. You know, Karl Marx had just been there when Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes. He'd realize it's bad economics. Christ can take what you have. He can recreate and multiply your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness by the seed of the Word of God in your life. Powerful agent for change for anyone who has faith in Christ. So the body of Christ is an entrepreneurial place of faith where faith bears fruit. The body of Christ is born out of the Word of God, which is the seed of God, by the individual conversion of believers who surrender to the Word, who respond to the Gospel in the Bible. And John 1 indicates that Jesus is the living Word that shines. More with Pastor Michael Tanko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't miss your opportunity right now to call and get a copy of these free Bible study guides. Call right now. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And that means the church too. On the other side of the Gospel of John, it says Jesus did many things in the church that would be formed. It shines in the darkness, it says in John 1, and the darkness has not overcome it. Christ shines in the church that has the seed of His Word. So when you receive the Word of God, you actually receive Jesus Christ into your life. And this is why the devil has raised up a bunch of smart theologians who know nothing really of God's Word, who diminish its inspiration, 
who claim that it is not authority, who claim it is more human and divine, and they bring fake research to the task to try and make you think the Bible is full of all these errors so you will not claim it as you must as the Word of God, which is the seed of life for your future. Friends, Christ is the seed for the church, and you don't get Christ unless you get Him through your Bible, through the Word. So when the body cherishes the Word of God in the body... And the worship of the church, when it is central, we are born of God in our worship and actions. That is why the Reformation of the 16th century took the Bible that for hundreds of years had been pushed aside, in fact, put in dead languages. The most Bible people got during most of the Middle Ages was to go to a church door and see pictures of Bible stories. That was their Bible for over a thousand years until Bible preachers were raised up in the 16th century who taught that we are saved by faith in Christ alone, quoting the words of Paul. They set those shackled hearts free to love God and live for God. And they put the Bible right back into the center of the church so the Word of God could feed the church again. Instead of stuff like sacraments, ritual, music being central, it was the Word of God that was central. When we allow the seed of the living and abiding Word of God to occupy our minds and hearts in worship, then and only then can we love in God's way because Christ's love comes from the seed of His Word that is in us. And Paul calls this Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we shine only as we proclaim the word of Christ. That is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thus the Shekinah glory of God, the glory of the most holy place, is in the church. Not because it's conservative or liberal, but because it's Christian. It's committed to his word, and thus it has Christ in the mix. Friend, the church will grow because it is Jesus' church, and his glory will shine through the body in a dark world. We need the Bible to be Christ-centered in the worship of the church and to learn to love as Jesus loved the world. But, you know, the iPad generation and the iPhone generation, I'm part of that. Technology generations, last couple of three. We want quick answers, don't we? We want instantaneous stuff. You know, to grow in the Word of God, you actually have to dwell on it. And so we have time in the worship service to do that. We also have prayer meeting time, but small group time. If you're not having a time with God, either in your personal devotional lives and other times as well, then you're really missing out on the growth potential of what you can be as a Christian. There are well many Christians today who think that music and ritual can take the place of the living and abiding Word of God inside the church. Now, we've had excellent music here today, and I'm grateful for music. I praise God for it. The music we heard today lifted up Christ. It spoke of the Word of God. It was complimentary. It was not going around it. It was right on. Thank you. Very much blessed by this. But, you know, having said that, it does not take the place of the Word of God in the church. Now, the music of the church, I believe, should have more spontaneity to it than what we experience maybe in our culture. It should be authentic. It should be spirit-filled, but it should also be correct to the teaching of the Bible. I've heard songs at times that were done in special musics where they get the wrong view of the state of the dead or they teach something in error on the coming of Christ or they give a view of God that is sentimental and they warp the character of God in the music. Music that does not get it right shouldn't be music in the church. When music is right with God and the service is right with God, these surrounding elements point people to Jesus Christ with power in the Spirit, who is the Word, and thus they come to the seed, and the seed of Christ feeds them. And not some Christian rock star. You know, we're living in a culture where people want a rock star culture when they go to church. You know, they went to a rock concert maybe a week or two ago, and they said, if only the church could be that way, then my needs would be met. And so they want to mimic that in the church. 
You know, we don't need rock star kind of musicians in the church who gyrate, who wear skimpy clothing, who get a group dynamic going where the brain is put on hold, the emotions take over, and the character is transformed for evil because the music controls, it doesn't influence. That's not how the Lord works. Music is meant to influence and the will is meant to align with it through the Word. If you come to church because you like the music and the Word of God is not important to you, you're not a converted Christian yet. Am I right? I'm just being frank with you today. And you're coming to church for the wrong reasons. Sure, we want good, relevant music in the church, but sometimes the church struggles as it cycles. You know, we get our young people, they go to college, we get a new batch of them. And during that time, the Word of God is well able to sustain people who are born of God because the Word of God keeps you from sinning. Thus, it keeps you connected to the mission of God. Christ said, I pray that they may be one. Paul says the church is one, but the parts are many. These statements are an echo of the great commandment that unites all the law and the prophets into the first of two, the great commandment. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. 100% as Arnold said. Well, Jesus said it first at Sinai. There are times in the body when one member may come to feel that they are more important than the body or more necessary than another member. You know how I know that's true? Because I've done it. Have you? You ever felt like, well, you know, if only I was taking over that task, it'd get done right. Have you ever done that? I have done it. I have thought thoughts exactly like this. So I'm not speaking down. I mean, I've been there. There are times when one member can feel that they're kind of indispensable. Well, guess what? None of us are indispensable. It is a privilege to serve in the church. And we don't need trophies to serve in the church. We need Christ because He's the goal. He's the trophy. And we don't need to have someone in the world say, well done. If the Lord says, well done, that good and faithful servant, at the end of the world, that's what matters, that great graduation. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, now this is the key verse, verse 18, but as it is, God has arranged the organs in the body, each one of them as He chose so you got gifts God's given you, and you don't have gifts that God hasn't given you. You use the gifts that God has given you with humility in the church, and you be grateful when God gives other gifts to other people. You know, we live in the age of independence when everyone believes that they need to get their own way to express themselves. I mean, even the church is that way. You know, it's interesting. I'm under authority in the church. How many of you are aware of that? I have a conference president who's the overseer of the pastors, and I answer to him as a spiritual overseer in the Lord. And I answer to a district superintendent who's a pastor in this area who looks at our church and will at times give counsel and pray with us and correct me as a pastor if I need it. And I appreciate that. But in the church, there are people who feel that they cannot submit to this kind of thing. How on earth can you grow and be mentored if you can't submit to spiritual authority that has been around a lot longer than you have? 
So in some of this democratic spirit that we talk about in our present culture, we need to let it go and recognize that in the early apostolic church, they had a mentoring culture. And people grew as they manifested gifts and they manifested a dependable, consistent temperament and character in the church. In the church, when you realize that every member of the body is just as important as you are and it takes time to do it, then you will not think more or less of yourself. You will humbly take a role that is well suited for your giftedness and not your weaknesses or pride. And you will rejoice when others are performing their functions well and when they outshine you, you'll be happy because the whole body benefits from someone who's doing well. Paul says in verse 19, If all were a single organ, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. You know, sometimes when people don't get their way in the church of Christ on earth, it's easy to think that maybe you can just break away from the body and relocate and get it there. And these dear people don't ask the question, which is a serious question, that needs asking. How can you live if you're an organ without a real connection to the body? It doesn't take long to die spiritually without the body of Christ. I've seen it. Brethren, sisters, who for some reason or not break away for a week or two or three or four, then it becomes three months, four months, five months, and before long, the voice of the Spirit is heard no more in them. Well, that is all the time we have for the first portion of The Bodybuilders. Once again, the name of today's broadcast was The Bodybuilders. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, that website is reachingyourheart.com. We'd love for you to go there and visit now. You'll find an opportunity to listen to this message again, as well as many other messages archived there for you. That's reachingyourheart.com. We'd love to give you this wonderful free book entitled Soul Care. Go ahead and call us now. It's a short 64-page volume all about becoming a whole in a broken world through a personal relationship with God. We invite you to call at any time for this free book. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673, 888-244-HOPE. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us, to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.